Yay. Aloha. <laughs> and welcome to Wisdom Dialogue with Hope Johnson. Coming from Hawaiian Sanctuary on the beautiful big island of Hawaii. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so grateful for uh, the opportunity to connect with people who are open to their brilliance. <laughs> who are interested in absolving the guilt, which is deception, or you can say delusion in the mind. Yes, thank you so much. And to everyone who listens online, thank you. Thank you for joining with us. Basically, when we're joining together like this, like to observe what's true, or um, you could say seek a higher knowledge, uh, ask for wisdom, that kind of thing, it automatically gets received. And we all have the same inner teacher. So we get the exact perceptions that we need to show us the way. All, all of what we have the perception of, that's to show us the way, always. It's not by the form of it. See, people get confused and think it's by the form of it. They go, okay, I want to manifest this amazing experience, whether it be a, this perfect house, this idea you've had in your mind, maybe you've been visualizing it or something, uh, and how do I go after that? The thing is, you don't have to go after anything because it's all coming. Even the getting the perception of going after something like you're doing something, you're not actually doing that. That's also something that's just churning. It's just coming. Like, you know, it's like the, the prayers of your heart are always being answered. What people don't realize is they're always praying. So when there's a when there's a terribly upset feeling and that's believed as if as if it's true it's like the form of the world must manifest as if it is true because you made it real it's actually really gentle because the form of the world doesn't really have any bearing on you except that you made it into something that can be a threat or somewhere that you can be harmed or hurt or something like that. And it's as we believe, then we perceive. So there's no one doing anything to us that's outside of ourselves. And one theme that's been coming up, um, in, at least in my perception over the past couple of weeks, has been this one about people being abused or harassed by other people. You know, they perceive themselves to be abused and harassed by other people. And I had the blessing of having that kind of perception in this past week. And I cannot say how grateful I am for that. Uh, you know, just how much we project suffering on ourselves and also delusion when we believe that a person is being some kind of a burden to us. So I got the perception that this person was hounding me, just hounding me, threatening me, telling me that um, 
she's going to reveal all my secrets to the world. And I'm like, well, I do that all the time on Wisdom Dialogues. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it's not that, like, a, a, like a sense like I'm afraid of someone revealing any secrets of mine because that's just fun for me. But the tone of, ooh, I want to get you, you know, and, and having that kind of perception. Um, and wow, how intense that is. So, so basically, when I get the perception, I am with those feelings. I'm really with the feelings. And, you know, I was having a conversation with a person, and it was so sweet because we were both like, we know we share the same interests. We were both like, we're, we know we share the same interests. Um, and, you know, and I, was, uh, and I was relaying that I'm not, in the, I'm not interested in the topic that you wish to have a conversation with me about. I'm not interested in that topic. And from her perspective, I should be interested in that topic. And if I'm not interested in that topic, I'm an abuser or someone who does, you know, mean things. So we were talking for a while about that and then just getting the feeling and having, you know, the sense. And, you know, I told her I'm you know, the only reason I would feel this conversation, the only reason I want to feel this conversation at all is that I love you and I want to feel with you. You know, you're, I said no a bunch of times. I said, no, I don't want to talk about it. I said, no, I'm not interested in that topic, you know, but I love you and why won't you talk to me? And it's about, it's not about you. I'm just not interested in the topic of conversation that you want to have with me. Um, and, and so I go, you were so persistent that you wanted to talk to me. I just like felt like I wanted to, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel better being like real stubborn and rigid with it. And like holding that, I just said, well, I just want to, you know, feel that. I want to feel that out. I want to feel that out with you. But I'm still not interested in that topic of conversation. So, you know, there's a sense, uh, she communicated with me, that there's a, she felt a sense of exhaustion. We were on the phone for an hour. So she felt, she sensed this, uh, this feeling of exhaustion. And she also said that she takes responsibility for how she created that. And, you know, which I was just like, oh my goodness, like the awakening is just happening. That is so wonderful. It's so beautiful. And then, you know, I communicated back with her that, um, that it was awesome. I enjoyed our conversation. All the different things that were coming up for me, I shared with her, feeling obliged, feeling um, guilted, feeling shamed, um, bullied, harassed, those kinds of things. And knowing that it's coming from me. So like, and knowing that it's coming from me. And taking this as, a, as an opportunity to forgive what I thought she did or said. Because none of that stuff happened. It's a dream. So I'm sharing this with her. And I'm just going, this is... And then she says, and, and, then, and then I laughed out. And I said, you know what? I noticed there's this one way that I could help you out. I totally just got this inspiration to help you out in this one way. She got back to me. She's like, oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Thanks for your message. I would really appreciate that. And also, thanks for, thanks for sharing your insights on that stuff. And I'm really sorry you had to uh, feel all those things. 
And, you know, those are the things that I've been feeling all this time. And I'm kind of like thinking to myself, I know. <laughs> you know, that's why I wanted to take it on, just to feel with my friend. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not going to hurt me. It can't hurt me. It can't harm me. It can't damage my energy unless I think it can. You know, ride, I, I rode the ride. I rode it for an hour. It was amazing. You know, and, um, and, and, and she said, let me know what you wish I would have done differently. And I said, uh, I said, man, you just did everything the way I wanted you to do it. Actually, I'm not, I'm not trying to avoid those feelings. I mean, any feelings that come, come up for me, that's for healing our shared mind. If you, had a, if you had an interaction with me and you left that interaction feeling exhausted, I did not get the kind of relief that I could have gotten for myself. Otherwise, I would have shared it with you. And it's my goal to get that kind of relief. And I know that through having these experiences, I'm learning more and more. So none of them could be wrong. That's the main mistake everyone makes. If you hear in your mind, that was a waste of fucking time, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or zero-sum games. What is it? Zero-sum games, whether it's like a winner and a loser. Right, right. Or the sense that you didn't do good enough. Mm -hmm. Remember, everything that you get the perception of is for learning. There's no one here but you. Okay, there's no, uh, there, you know, you get the perception of failure, that's actually learning. Okay, and who is to judge anyway? You know, compared to what? Compared to what level of delusion? <laughs> and whatever level of, of delusion you find yourself in, it's innocent, it's completely innocent and deserving of help at that level. You know, it's like whatever you can accept for yourself. So, you know, and then we had a little bit of uh, back and forth about the help that I can give and how I can, uh, had, she had a couple questions that I answered. And it just all felt so harmonious. When the whole uh, perception that I was getting, and I know it's a misperception, I know it's not that person. I will not be going around telling people to watch out for this person or anything. For all I know, the next time anyone sees this person, they could be like, what the fuck? She is way different. That person is not the person they were before. How did they get to be so calm? You know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I just keep it open for miracles. I know it comes through me because I can't get the perception of anything that doesn't come from me. And in order to come from me, it has to have a resounding energy in my body's energy field. So there's a energy, or you could say a sound. It's a sound vibration. It's like a sound vibration. Everything comes off of that. You probably heard it's like a big song. Like the universe is a big song, like a big chorus, like all these bodies just like being a big chorus. And it's like the, this energy field is making a, a sound. 
and it's a and it's something that you can sense you can feel it in your body you can notice when you're uh, clenched and in, in fear your breath will change your different systems you'll feel different pulses going off maybe the front of your head will ache something like that it's just that it's just something telling you pay attention so all of these things you know my friend was feeling afraid that things would not go her way unless I did something. She made the illusion for herself that I have um, control over everyone else in her perception. Okay, I mean, I know I'm the one projecting everyone else in my own perception, but come on now. <laughs> and then I got to say that me making the perception of her thinking that, that part's coming from me. Making the perception of her thinking that, that is actually coming from me. So I got to have fun with that. You know, I, I know, uh, I see you guys trying to work that out. <laughs> so basically, she's, she thinks she sees me as being this, um, uh, this person who controls a bunch of other people, okay? And I, but I'm projecting her seeing me like that. From my perception, that's, that, that's coming from me. So it's kind of like she and I agree to play this thing out, okay, uh, from her perception. But there's only one of us. So I say agree, and, you know, uh, it's just to kind of, like, help you kind of, like, wrap your mind around what's going on here, like, as far as how we're relating and stuff. And it all goes back to energy. So when we're having a communication, or even the, when the thought of her crosses my mind, or the thought of me crosses her mind, we're in a communication, we're going to sort of energy exchange all the time. So in order for that to transform, that energetic, um, you, can, you can call it resistance to one another, there's this, there's this automatic resistance to each other's en energy. We've been around each other um, since like 2010, and, and, and at first I was like, oh, how fun, I really like it. I go there. I, I go, and she tells me all this, all this stuff about how someone's really fucked up, and I go, oh, well, did you know that all of that comes from you? And she was like, <laughs> that was, you know, uh, I was more like, a, I, I was more, at that point in time, I was more like this child that, like, just discovered this and was just, like, so excited about it. Oh, my God. I got this great news. You won't believe this. You don't have to suffer this anymore because it's all coming from you. You know, like, you don't, you do, you don't have to suffer anymore. But, but, but I found out that a lot of people that I told that to got defensive and pretty much like acted like they wanted to kill me, which is really interesting. And I'm like, hey, I got the answer. They're like, fuck you. You know, that was, you know, that was one of those kinds of situations. So I was just like, wow, my first interaction, I was just kind of like dazed. I was like, oh, like hit on the head, you know, kind of like, uh, whoa, what really just happened there? I was so confused by it. And, you know, a lot of different things like that throughout my life just totally inspired me to look into it and to look into it a lot and to really like focus on um, learning what that what is going on there when there's any kind of conflict and stuff like that and what it's for you know how to use it for a benefit because I, I found out it is given to us as a benefit um, it's actually a gift uh, to where the other person receives gratitude no matter what it looks like to you. 
no matter what it seems like they did to you. Like the other person in the equation always deserves gratitude. I didn't have a host today, so I'm drinking out of a bottle instead of a cup. <laughs> Yay. Always the way we're relating. So what you can say is the content of the way that we're relating has to do with a kind of like a feeling sense or an energy that we get between us. Okay, because really we're communicating in thought. Uh, really, we are communicating in thought. And we don't know what we should be thinking. We don't. We think in separation. Someone says, hey, you're a fucking bitch if you don't do this. All of a sudden you get triggered and your thoughts are not correct. Your thoughts are erred, they're flawed. So it's like it's like in that moment just in asking for help you can tell because your energy is disrupted so the thoughts that are against you kind of like against your knowledge of your union with that person which is wholeness for, for you those thoughts against you are going to resonate as an upset feeling a choppy breath a weird pulse those are thoughts you don't need they're, they're tempting because, you know, you're, it's like you're running to those feelings by chasing those thoughts and basically uh, you're, you're pushing down those feelings. Okay, so you're, it's like you're, it's like you're uh, supporting them by pushing them down. It's like when you report, repress them, you support them like that. So it, it's like you're ignoring the feelings. It's kind of like I've heard it put as a neglected child. Like the feeling body, the feeling sense becomes like a neglected child because as soon as there's an uncomfortable feeling, the awareness runs into thought to try to get away from it, which is really the opposite of what anyone wants because it's actually keeping it. It's repressing it. That's not how you can get away from it. And you don't really want to get away from it because it's something that's meant to teach you. You're meant to learn from that. So you don't really want to get away from it. It's like sometimes, you know, you get the sense where you're just go, you're going into a fire. And that's kind of the sense that I got when I was going into, you know, I, you know, I was like, okay, you, you know, in one breath, she's, uh, she's saying how I'm, a, I'm an abuser. In another breath, she really wants to talk to me on the phone, you know, and she's talking about unconditional love. And I go, okay, well, you know what? All of a sudden, I found myself, I know I don't choose these things. Not everyone is aware of that, so I like to point it out all the time. I'm aware of it when I go and I find myself writing, let's get on the phone. Actually, I just put, pick up the phone and called her. It was like, boom, called her. And it felt like I was walking into a fire, and it's just like, okay, that's what it is. But it's not anything that's, harmful it can't hurt you that's the thing the only your thinking can hurt you so if you think you did it wrong then yes that hurts you oh shit i shouldn't have done that so i called her and it went and it just went to voicemail so i hung i hung up and i just texted her back and i said i called you um and then she said can you talk uh is it better to talk the next day and it was getting late and i said yeah let's set it up so we set it up for in the morning. 
So then the thought occurred to me, did I fuck up by telling her I would talk to her on the phone? And then it's like, you know, I kind of thought like that. You just, it just gets met with a smile because it's not true. It can't be true. So it's like, that's all the preparation for anything. Just, uh, uh, just resolving whatever guilty feeling comes up. That is the revolution of thought. That is what's going to ultimately change the things that we perceive in the world. See? All your relationships, it's like, that's how, that's how all of your relationships get healed. And, you know, it's like, time is an illusion. So don't worry about time. Let it take care of itself. Let yourself get the relief first. It might take a little while before you see your relationships coming together. But let yourself get the relief only. Don't look to the world to show you that you're actually worthy of that relief. It won't. It's not how it works. It's meant to show you that you're not worthy. <laughs> That's how it's been set up. It's meant to do that. Whenever it's showing you any kind of worthiness in the world... That's a, only like a small little percentage of worthiness. They can't even go by percentages because it's infinite. You know, it's like more than whatever. The main thought that keeps the illusions alive and conflict and fear and basically this world of separation where death is the outcome, apparently. You know, it doesn't have to be that. I mean, the illusion can just disappear. All these bodies, they're definitely coming to an end. There's no question about that. The bodies are coming to an end. But the illusion can just disappear before our eyes. It doesn't have to be a dying body involved. We totally made that shit up. And you know, at some point, it will all dissolve. Basically, not because our eyes are better at seeing. Our eyes are made to see in separation. But we just shed the need to see through a body's eye. So all things that we made like that dissipate, see? And that's seen through the illusion. So to bridge the gap between your perception and what's really true, that takes forgiveness, which is another illusion. You don't need forgiveness, right? No one needs forgiveness. Nothing happened. How could anyone need forgiveness? Right? But the thing is, you need to forgive because the things you made, you made real to yourself. You need to forgive those things and those people that you made real. Like someone's really a burden. If it weren't for that semi-truck running into my partner, I'd have someone to snuggle up with right now. Forgive that. That's not the reason. That's not the reason. It's a thought of separation. Cause and effect aren't what they seem. People do all kinds of things thinking that cause and effect is true, like someone can do something to each other, and that's just upholding the, the illusion. One example is mad mothers against drunk drivers. It's, it, that's a, that's a, it, it's comical. 
because it seems like it's only logical. Well, if we, you know, we start punishing people for driving around drunk, then we're going to have fewer deaths. It only, it, you know, it only seems logical given that it says that, you know, impulses are lessened and all this other stuff. The thing is, there isn't any choice still. So irrespective of any kind of punishment, the behavior still continues. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And, you know, that getting the illusion, just getting the illusion that someone's bad behavior can hurt another person is multiplied. Mm. Say you take away all the alcohol. Now no one can drunk drive. No one can drive on any substance. Say it was a substance-free world. It was just completely drove. Now there's somehow no freaking accidents in cars, right? Something else will replace it to make the guilty, the, the guilty illusion, the guilty perception of someone doing something to someone. Now it's you're hurting me if you don't wear your mask. See how that one evolved? <laughs> I mean, it used to be, and it's still an illusion. Someone walks up to you. They got a bat. They freaking knock you with the bat. It really looks like they hurt you, okay? And now we went all the way to if you breathe without <laughs> obstructing your breath, you're hurting me. I mean, it's just insanity playing out. And, 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 you know, the funny thing is, it all starts in the mind. So the only place for the correction to happen is in the mind. So it's kind of like um, we, all, we all become like psychotherapists in that way. Because we're like looking at our own mind. And I'm not talking about looking at other people's, your friends. Who gives a shit about that? Uh, you're looking at your own mind. You're going within. So many times people ask me for help and they, what they want me to do is change someone's mind in their experience. They want me to come in and like talk sense to this person. And you know, every single time it's like, you're reaching out to me. What about your perception of that person? You realize first that you're making the perception, you're making it up about that person. You realize you're making it up, right? Like, if that person isn't receptive to that, to the information I'm going to share, you know, you've got that. That's huge. Yay. You don't, uh, you don't need me to go and try to change a person's perception if everyone in your perception is coming from you. So I just go, well, let's look at this pattern. Let's look at this pattern that you have where um, all these various women keep on thinking that you're perving up on them. Right? Let's look at the pattern of it. Are you saying that I'm doing that? Because he was full of defenses. I said, no, I'm not saying if you're doing it or not doing it. I'm saying this is the habit to get the perception that women think that you're perving up on them and you don't know what the fuck happened. This is your habit. <laughs> That's all. You know, if you admit that it's your habit and you're not fighting against it and you're not going around defending yourself, you know, you just stop defending yourself. You start listening. What do these women have to share with me? 
does not mean that you were pervin' or not. You weren't. It's impossible. You guys are having a dream. It's just a, it's just a um, upsetting dream. It's an upsetting dream where we got one perv and one victim, okay? <laughs> so, so, you know, listen to their story about you being a perv and watch your reactions. Uh, you know, watch watch what goes on. If you get defensive, defensive, watch that. Let yourself be natural. Just watch your defensiveness. You're watching your pattern play out. That's how to kind of like be up. Uh, what what a Course of Miracles calls it a, is above the battlefield. Above the battlefield, right? It's like you're not in there freaking slugging it out. You're looking at it from an energetic kind of level, a feeling embodied level. So it's like whatever the, the, the woman is sharing with you, you're feeling that with her. What do you have to share with, you, with me? Oh, you know what? Um, the other night when I went over to your house and I, and I crashed out on your couch and then I woke up and then your finger was in my cooch, you know, I didn't really like that. I felt like I was being abused or they might express it in a way like they're really pissed. They might be like, you know what? That just, uh, it, it really hurt and I'm really angry and I just want to say, ha, to you, you know, and just like get the sensation. That's how you learn. That's how you learn not to be that guy. No one wants to be that guy. It's not worth a little finger in the cooch. <laughs> you know? But, but, you know, if you do find yourself being that guy, <laughs> if you do find yourself being that guy, it's also a blessing. So I know, you know, you're thinking, God, that's the worst thing. I don't fucking want to be that guy. You know? I don't want to be the guy that got kicked out of the dances because I was called a perv by a group of, di of women. I don't want to be that. That sounds like it sucks. You know, whatever it is that's given to you, it's perfect for you. It's absolutely perfect for you. You know, and you can handle it. You're not going to be given anything that you can't handle. Now, the first thing I let him know is everything is awesome. You haven't done anything wrong. You don't have to defend yourself. As soon as you defend yourself, I know you think you're guilty. So it's like, you know, uh, um, what Jesus said, you, you condemn yourself by your own words, you know. When you say, uh, you say that I didn't do it in a way that's like a defensive, you know, I feel like you can't say those words, but... You know, in a defensive way, defending yourself, you could feel it. It's an energy, the defensiveness. You know, you already have demonstrated to your own mind that you're guilty. That's the thing. You already have demonstrated that. So there will seem to be uh, an un unwillingness or almost an incapability of learning. like, oh, whoops, I asked the wrong broad. I don't know what the heck she's talking about. Talking about habits. What, are you saying that my healing work is bad? No, I'm not saying your healing work is bad. Your healing work is fine. <laughs> so, you know, and I've heard from women over the years, 
about this guy. I've heard the stories. <laughs> so, I already had the perception in my mind. So it's like it's perfect for me because I could just um, I could just demonstrate to him that it isn't about that. If you want to stop making these illusions, here's how you stop making illusions. First thing, this is a habit. You have to admit that it's a habit. And stop trying to go after the desire, which is to be at the dance. So there's this defense trying to get what he wants or what he thinks he wants. He thinks he wants to dance at the dance. What he really wants is his mind joined with everyone and not this sense of conflict or people thinking that he's dangerous or anything like that, you know. But there's this like, I just want to defend myself and be there. These kinds of relating can heal so much, and that's what they're meant for. So just letting me get the perception of this whole scenario is perfect. But it was kind of like, uh, you know, when he reached out to me, it was for me to talk sense into these women that are hurt and acting like little girls. Yeah. I have no idea who the women are or anything, and it doesn't matter. Um, there's no, uh, there's definitely no abuser, and at the same time, nothing happens. So if there's the sense that you need to have some protection from a person who seems to be um, dancing around in here abusing people, then and you find yourself asking for that protection, it's not either here nor there. It doesn't matter. Whatever you seem to do in the illusion, it's choiceless. It's not a matter of what you should or should not do. It's nothing like that. It's just a matter of uh, if you're ready, if you're ready for healing, if you want to use forgiveness to bridge the gap between your perception and what reality is, it's a matter of your willingness to recognize that that uh, pervy energy actually came from your mind and actually showed up as a vibration first in your body's energy field that you resisted. So then it was projected outside yourself. Again, it doesn't matter what you do. It's not relevant. It's not relevant. You don't even have to be afraid of uh, reporting it to dance authorities, if that's such a thing. I don't know. <laughs> Get the dance police out here. <laughs> Monitor the pervs. <laughs> I actually had an amazing experience on the dance floor with a pervy energy. It was great. It was probably like uh, 2015 or something down at Kalani when Kalani used to be the thing. There was this dude, I just totally got the perception he was just curving on everyone. <laughs> Plus, uh, like a handful of women friends of mine said, watch out for that, Paca. He's a complete perv, right? So we're there on the dance floor, and I'm fully feeling cornered by this guy, right? And I'm getting this full-on pervy vibe, and I'm like, oh, okay, this, uh, all right, I know this is coming from me. Gosh, it feels so <laughs> real. Like, he, like he's really over there, and my mind's going, get the fuck away from me. And I'm, and, and you know, and then, and it's like, I'm like, I need this right now. And I was like, I, I was just like, in my mind, I go, I love you. And I just kept on having eye contact with him. I kept on making really um, direct eye, con eye contact with him and dancing with him. 
and being with this sense, like, get away from me, you fucker. You know, just being with this sense of it, and all of a sudden, I felt it transform, and there was no more pervy energy between us again. Mm -hmm. It never showed up again after that. It was like on the dance floor, you know. It could be anywhere at any time. It's like when the when the sense of this energy is arising, it's like we can learn something from it. There's something that we can let go of. And and all we don't have to go looking for it, anything. It's just being present to it. It's super simple. So you could be dancing. You could be in the middle of a conversation. It doesn't matter. You just get an upset feeling, recognize what it's for, and be with it. And the rest is completely taken care of. You know, uh, so so the definition of a miracle in the Course in Miracles is um, is where it's established in your mind that what you think you see isn't really there. That's a miracle. Okay, it's hard to do that when you think you got a curve cornering you in on the dance floor. It seems really real in that moment. That's why it's a miracle because in your mind. What you're making out to be reality, which is a habit that you've been playing out for millions of lifetimes, okay? It's getting, it, 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 it's like this flip, the script is getting flipped in that moment. And it breaks, it, it, it breaks it, the whole thing for all those lifetimes. That's why you don't see it come back again. Um, and then, you know, you see some wearing away slowly, um, like the way it was set up with my, young, my, my middle son, my middle son who's 19 now, the way it was all set up with him, like the way we went through our um, relating when he was younger and stuff like that, um, there was this sense like I was a fucked up mom. Like that was my perception that he had for me. That I was a fucked up mom and didn't do anything right and pretty much neglected and abandoned him, Okay. So um, I knew and, and didn't like him too. also didn't like him and didn't want him around. So um, so I, you know, I knew this was his perception of me and I knew how I set up that perception to be a certain way. You know, it's kind of like I taught him to perceive me that way. Right. Um, so when I realized that it was all coming from me, when I really realized it, you know, not just saying it, that was like around 2014. Um, then I knew that there was going to be some unwinding that had to take place. I knew there was going to be some, you know, there was definitely some immediate, some healings that came really fast. And then um, some of these relationships, they just have all these intricacies. And they'll give you more and more gifts throughout. So there's this sense of, you know, uh, kind of like this butting heads between us that would come up from time to time. There was this loving to and also butting heads that would come up from time to time. And, you know, to the sense where there's this uh, kind of like rebellion, there seems like there's this rebellion, him against us, right? Because whatever we believe, we must be fucked up. I mean, for one thing, when he was a little kid, one of the stories is when he was a little kid, we used to feed him raw meat. And mom, that is fucking weird, Right. And he's like, that, that's just weird that you fed me raw meat. And I'm like, OK. So he goes around. He tells that story to different people and he's getting their reactions. They're like, wow, that is really fucking weird. What is wrong with your parents? You know? And so he's getting the thing. He's getting the kind of feedback, the kind of feedback and everything. So I'm like in the kitchen cooking some stuff um, just this past week. And, um, and he goes, he goes, Mom, yeah, you you really get really good food, don't you? 
Uh, you know, he realized, like, I'm getting my chicken from this place on the mainland called U.S. Wellness Meats, where they have, like, uh, free range and everything, and you can just, like, get all the good chickens and stuff like that. Anyways, I'm cooking, and he's like, yeah. he goes, he's like, yeah, now that I realize, like, you fed me raw meat, you're actually feeding me, like, filet mignon and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, that's what really rich people eat. Like, they eat carpaccio all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the case. It's definitely a luxury food, you know. <laughs> so, a uh, uh, little backstory. When my son was super young, uh, you know, I was, like, really conventional with everything, and I got him all of his immunizations when he was a little baby. He's 19 years old. Um, he ended up getting some kind of condition where he was in the hospital with this thing they called RSV, and he was, like, under this whole thing. And it just occurred to me, like, boom, I'm like, holy shit, all this stuff that we're doing to him, this is, like, killing this little fucker. You know, they're telling me, they're telling me, uh, he's, he's, he's developing, uh, he's developing asthma. And I go, no, that shit that he's sucking on, that's for giving him him asthma. That's what it's for. It's what it's doing. I could see it. Like, you know, I was like, so I was like, okay, I'm out of here. Um, I played it cool though, because I know how they're, they are with social services. You know, <laughs> if you act like you just want to leave, they think you're suspicious. Yeah. So, <laughs> why wouldn't you want to stay in the hospital forever? <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it the best place to be? You know. <laughs> so, so my son came out, uh, and, uh, and and you know, of course, he didn't need Rami. I didn't know that at the time. I mean, really, what he needed was for my mind to change about a lot of different things, for me to release a lot of different things, a lot of different burdens that were on me, like especially like performance at work and, you know, different stuff like that, so I could just be with him, so I could just hang out with him and be with him. So I started doing all this research, and I had also gone through different diet things myself and found out, wow, raw meat, that makes a lot of sense to me. It just digests really easily. There's not a bunch of pressure on the, um, on the system or anything. So I started feeding my son raw meat with honey, and he never went back to even a doctor visit ever again. He was two. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, at that time I was like, it's got to be the raw meat. Don't eat anything but raw meat. Oh, my God. You know? Um, So, but yeah, he never got like uh, a sense like he needed to... Except when he got well, when he got older, then you know there was this idea that um, we didn't take him to the doctor enough, and there might be something wrong with him, so he needs to go over there and get that checked out, right? Um, so he's like, goes, yeah, actually, I realized that what you were feeding me is like something that's really good, <laughs> but when I go tell that to people, it sounds like. You're abusing your kid. And he asked me before, what did your family think about that? They didn't call social services on you? <laughs> and I said, I said, well, they thought we were really weird for doing that. But they also knew that you weren't in any danger. You know, we're over there eating raw chicken after, you know, everyone's thinking that uh, salmonella poisoning comes from raw chicken. Where, oh, we do the research and find out no one gets salmonella poisoning unless they eat cooked chicken that's left over. And that's because salmonella grows a bunch. And so I just like learned all this stuff. So I was like, oh, the way to eat chicken is raw. So we're like fully eating raw chicken every day too. And our family's like, oh my God, 
but we're like showing like we're like super healthy while we're eating all this raw stuff, you know. Um, so, anyways, there that was like that was like being used as a as something to cause some pain, as if like we did something bad to him. That was being used in his perception, and you know, I've had the perception that he was doing that too for for a while, and. You know, this set, the, a sense comes up like you want to explain yourself, justify yourself, whatever. Just like let it be. I just like let let all that stuff be. Like, mom, I think you're wrong about this. I say, okay. You want to have an argument about it? No, I don't. I don't want to have an argument about it. You know, if I offer something and it and it seems like I'm in an argument, I'm like, I don't want to take that any more, any further in that direction. Usually, unless I'm called to, you know, uh, like I said before, sometimes you're just called to walk into the fire and feel something, you know, so it's not like a rule on how you should be. It's never like that. And however you are, however it plays out, it's just perfect for you. So I shared with you guys before, my son, the same son I was just telling the story about, started working at Target, right? And um, at Target... Everyone, he said, everyone is on a completely different vibe. He feels like he doesn't, he, like, than the way he grew up. He grew up here in Puna, basically. We got here when he was eight years old. So um, he's like, everyone's on a completely different vibe. I totally feel like I didn't fit in. And he was saying, I, or I don't fit in. I feel like I didn't get all of the experiences that I could have gotten as a kid because, you know, you guys raised me in Puna. And you didn't get me the experiences that I would need to actually socialize with these people. You know, these are the these are the people that um, go over to Target and buy um, fluoridated water for their baby. It's called baby water. Isn't that fun? <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. Blaze told me about it. <laughs> The new baby formula <laughs> has hormone, uh, oh, I forget hormone what it's called. Yeah. Hormone blockers? Hormone blockers and hormone replacement. That was freaking awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's like this too, you know, when you get the perception of the world being so insane, when, you know, when Blaze, Blaze couldn't believe it, my, this is my son, the guy who works at Target. He goes, I couldn't believe it. I didn't know that people would feed their kids fluoride. Like, isn't that a poison? Like, he learned that. Like, I don't know people actually, like, it says it right on there. It's baby water with fluoride. Like, you know exactly what you're doing. Oh, because. So, anyways, he's, like, like, kind of bummed out at us. Like, not kind of bum out. Uh, it seems like he's blaming us, you know. And here's another thing. Whenever you perceive blame, it's coming from you. You're not perceiving them truly. It's not like that. When someone seems to be projecting blame, they're asking for love. That's all it is. They are not really blaming you. I know it's hard to see. It's like the hardest <laughs> thing to see. I know it. That's why I keep on letting you guys know. Because you can hear it again and again. And you can keep on being aware of it. Because it's through your uh, observing it that you become aware of it, okay? 
and then you're going to be able to apply it because it's it's just natural when you see that the that what you're choosing is hurting you it's just naturally natural for you to choose what doesn't hurt you that's all so you let the observation just go ahead and play out okay without like resisting it or fighting against it or anything um so how long did he work at target he still works at target <laughs> oh, he, does? he works at target still yeah yeah, there, there's some more I'll, I'll share with you Please on that, do. too. <laughs> I love your son. Mm. I, yeah. yeah, so so then, um, where was I? Fluoride water. Fluoride water, right. <laughs> so, he's like going through it, you know. He's having these episodes where it's like, man, you guys really fucked me up. Yeah. Like, really fucked me up. Like, you go through episodes like that. Okay, Blaze, that, you know, that's a pattern. That's just coming up. It's going to be okay. (laughs) It's just a habit every so often. It just, like, pops up, you know. So, that's like playing. You know, this thing is playing for years, really, you know. And, And it's just like, there's just like this openness and a willingness to be with whatever it is that's coming through me, whatever it is that's coming through him, and openness and a willingness like that. Um, Also always said, I will never work for you guys. You guys are bullshit. Whatever. Um, So... He starts his own business. He's like, he's like, he's like two weeks in or three weeks in or something. He's already selling stuff online. So, um, you know, I was encouraging him because he had, he stopped feeling like going to Target. He was like, shit, now I'm really like last year when he started, it's a completely different dude. He's he was like, yeah, now I'm fucking getting up, finally getting away from my parents' ways and getting into, you know, the real basically the real world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what everyone's doing. There's a shitload of people working there. So that's like a lot of the population. (laughs) (laughs) And and there's a shitload of people that shop there on a regular basis because they resonate with Target. They go every day because it's drawing them. (laughs) So it's a whole culture. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I finally made it to the Target culture. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, it's right next door to Walmart. Right. Yeah, right Where's, next door to Walmart. And and you know, and he's got a he's got a brand new car. It's like a five hundred dollar car payment per month. You know, so he can cruise to his job and weightlifting and all the stuff. You know, so yeah, it's really sweet. So, so I go, I go, you know what, here's the thing, you know, he's getting burnt out at work. I go, here's the thing, you're in college and you're starting your own business. That's probably enough. (laughs) I go, you know, and you can do some stuff around our business that's right in line with what you're learning for your business. You can be doing something that you like just a little bit. You don't have to do that much unless you want to. Like, I'll always be like, give you food and have a place to stay. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, and and if you, and if you need help with your car payment, I'll pay your car payment. You know, it's like you're in college and trying to start a business. You're freaking awesome. You're just, you know, (laughs) you're good. (laughs) So, um, he's like, all of a sudden, like, yeah, 
he's all of a sudden like, yeah, I do. I want to do that. That sounds good. I could help you guys get more business. You could help me get more experience. Um, and we can totally jam out like that. And it's like, and, and you know, it's like the walls, they get broken down by being with things. You can go, I don't care what your perception is. You can have this perception that your kid sees you. Oh, let's just go to child molester because I fucking love that one. So (laughs) (laughs) your kid sees you as a child molester. Daddy, mom, whatever. I remember what you fucking did to me at that time. How do you, how, how did that make you feel when you had that, when, when you had that happen to you? You know, you don't have to tell your kid or anything that you're, that it's a misperception or anything like that. Just feel with them. That's what it is. How did that feel? And then just be on, everything will flow. Your words will flow naturally. You be willing to feel with them. You be willing to feel whatever it is that they're talking about. There's nothing that you've had a perception of yourself doing that's unforgivable. You know, like for me, in my, in, in my um, uh, consciousness perception, you might say, the thing that that strikes me is feeling like I didn't want to be with my sons when I have these cute little sons. Like one of them's like this big, and one of them's like this big, and they just want me to like be in a bed with them and hang out with them. And I don't fucking want to be there. I want to get out of there. And it's like some years later, it's like, what the hell? Who was that person that didn't want to be with those cute little fucking kids? You know, it's like. It's like the the ego is this energy like you're not good enough and that projects for like things that you don't want. You know, it's like there's this sense like I got better things to do. I've always got like better things to do um, than to be with with these kids. And, you know, it's not anything that a person does wrong to be in that situation. The situation is solely for healing. Remember that none of it is even happening. So the whole situation, the whole perception, it's solely for healing. You forgive the illusion. You don't need forgiveness because you didn't do anything. So in the scenario I just told, I don't need forgiveness because I never did those things. We're having a dream of these things. The pain in our mind is being brought forward as illusions that bring up a sense of guilt. And as that's believed, it's perpetuating illusions. So I have one friend who's going through it with her child right now, an adult child. Um, Her adult child is uh, going into mental hospitals right now. And there's a sense like, you know, uh, I know because I have an adult child too. I have a daughter who's 29 years old and she's gone through a um, cocaine thing where she just did a bunch of cocaine. I'm pretty sure it was laced with meth. Not that it matters, but it seems to. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's something to some kind of energy tied to that meth thing, huh? That was pretty funny. <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, I can just use that. Everything will be cool. Next thing you know, she's like all freaking strung out, uh, sleeping all the time, uh, gained 80 pounds, which is like the opposite of what people expect. (laughs) Uh, All kinds of mental activity, like really upset mental activity, telling me I'm the worst mom 
going around town telling everyone what a terrible person I am and they shouldn't come to Wisdom Dialogues and stuff like that. That was the second time. That was the second time I got the blessing of my daughter doing that in Kuna. So fun, both times. So, <laughs> you know. So I know how that is. is I get the feeling like, oh my God, I'm just, I'm unworthy. My own child. They're just like, you know, it's an ego story. You know. Sounds like fentanyl. Sounds like fentanyl. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> so, so, so she told me I have to get away from you guys I just have to get away from you I have, I have to get away from you you're too judgmental and I said okay that's a good idea then get away from me if I'm judgmental but I don't want to be away from you and I said well you got to see through that idea that I'm judgmental then mm-hmm. but you are judgmental and I said okay <laughs> <laughs> Or just, you know, or just be with the idea that I'm judgmental and just like, just like go easy on me. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Oh, she's, she's judgmental. Oh, it's okay. You know, go easy on me. Don't cut me off just because I'm judgmental. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, that's the case and that's cool, you know. Um, And, you know, she just kept on trying to... convinced me that something was not okay. She was telling me that she's telling all the people in town all kinds of bad stuff about me and stuff like that. I was like, that's okay, but it's bad for wisdom dialogues. And I go, no, it's really good for wisdom dialogues. (laughs) People like it. (laughs) They learn shit through that. (laughs) So I had one friend who was going to town and and, uh, he was saying, hey, have you heard Hope Johnson? She's freaking awesome and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and, And someone goes, what? Hope Johnson? How can you even listen to her? Have you seen her daughter? <laughs> my daughter was just like looking all freaking jacked. She's like, she normally had all this shiny, perfect makeup on. Just all, you know, like just got out of bed and just all like, have you, have you seen her fucking daughter? How can you even like listen to her? And, uh, and he goes, but look at her. She's okay. <laughs> She's just completely okay. That's why I listen. She's just holding the space for her daughter to come back whenever she's ready. People would go, oh, my God, I saw your daughter. Oh, my God. And I'd see that they're upset about what they think they saw, my daughter. And I would just, like, go, it's okay. She's kidding. She's kidding. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be back. (laughs) When? I don't know. I'm not attached to that at all. It could not be in this lifetime. It doesn't matter. The lifetime is nothing. It doesn't put a guilty fucking thing on me because my daughter's having an experience. So, you know, that's the first thing is like as a parent or anything, you see like your your kid going through something. It doesn't put a guilty thing, you know. Uh, your kid is over there talking shit on you. I've had that. It's It's good. It's fine, you know. I've I've been sitting sitting at a soccer game one time, and I'm like kind of sitting behind my kid and his friend. It was the same son, same son. He's like uh, maybe like 12 or something like that. And um, his his friend his friend said something. Um, uh, well, your mom's a freaking because of something that my son taught him. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, your mom's a freaking. 
uh, freeloader or something like this, something that's just like a, you know, your mom's a freaking freeloader, you know. Um, and then my son was like, he stiffened up because he knew I was right behind him. And I was just like, oh, interesting, you know. And I just kind of like got that feeling. I felt so much compassion, you know, like um, that he got the sense that I'm a freeloader, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe my husband got the sense that I was a freeloader. You know, one day I just realized that um, I'm not interested in doing anything. I told my husband, like, you know, I would just feel like I want to go, like, live in, like, a monastery or something like that and just sit there all day and meditate and not do anything. That's what I feel completely drawn to. My husband said, you can do that here. So I just completely, still, it's like it was as if my family wasn't ready for that, even though I seemingly got the permission from my husband. It's like, you know, because I taught them not to be ready for that, really. And I knew it was coming from my own mind. So I just had compassion with all that ways of I was perceiving people putting pressure on me that I should be doing more because they're like puppets. I'm playing that out. Some of the things I hear my uh, my son say is like, you know, you just spend all the money and you don't do anything. You just take, 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 take. You just do all this and you don't do anything. And I'm like, oh, and then I just get the sensation and I just relax, relax with it. I actually get the perception of my son's perception of me changing until it's just like, oh, I realized I didn't see that correctly. Oh, now I see how mom contributes to things. You know, it's like he's not going to see it until I'm ready. That's how that goes. So I know that's the case. and I'm not in a hurry. That's the thing. And I don't mind it going back and forth. I think it's fun. I think it's comical. Oh, it's that one again. It's I'm this way again. So what happened to change his perception? Nothing. It just, uh, just transformation occurs. And then he's telling me, Mom, I think you would really like this book. It's basically a book on how to do well in business because he's really into, into business right now. It is all about feeling better right now so you can have better freaking decisions. You can make better decisions. Like how to fucking do that. And I go, that's the same thing I've been talking about this whole time. Put into a business context. That's the same thing. He's like, I know, but the way he says it is way better than the way you say it. Okay, that's perfect. I mean, I, I agree. I do. I totally agree. I mean, if he said it in a way that you fucking got it, he's just saying it way better than me, you know. Uh, and then at the same time, it's like energetically, the words aren't really anything. Energetically, he just resonates to that kind of, he resonates to that kind of thinking. You know, of course he's going to be into that book. It's lots of business books. <laughs> you know, for, for, of course he's going to be with one like that. He's like, wow, this is so cool. And then, and then at one, and then at one point, these things pass so fast. It's so cool. I freaking love it. So my son's like, "Mom, I realize that I'm depressed." And I was like, "Okay." Um, and then he goes, "Why didn't you help me when I was going through my psychosis as a young child?" And I go, "I did." He goes, "What do you mean you did? What did you What did you do?" And I said, "Well, I addressed my own psychosis." And then he goes. 
you did. I go, well, just, you know, I go, yeah, like, just think about it. Like, how would it be right now if my psychosis was the same as it was then? Still psychosis, but it doesn't have nearly as much guilt in there. <laughs> so, so, so I'm not like this person, like, um, you have to be careful around her. Don't set her off or something. You know, there's just like this real easy, easeful kind of flow about everything, you know, and my son tried for years to get me into arguments with him. And, you know, I just, I just listened to everything he has to say. And I just be like, okay, well, I don't have any argument with that. <laughs> well, don't you think this, 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 and this? And I said, yeah, but that doesn't mean I have an argument with what you're saying. What you're saying, that's perfect for you. But you've been all these things. And you've done all these things. And you're still doing these things. And I said, well, sorry about that. <laughs> and he was kind of like, wow, you really did change. And he realized, he's like, wow, I, I do see how that helped me. Because there's not that judgment on trying to make my son be something or trying to um, convince someone that they're doing something wrong. There was trying to convince me that I'm doing it wrong with my other son too, my 13 year old. You're just not putting any pressure on him. How is he going to do stuff if he doesn't have any pressure on him kind of stuff? He needs to do something. So you guys know, if you've been following me for a little while, my son Ron decided he wanted to go to school. He hasn't, he's been unschooled this whole time. Specifically, an unschooling gamer. Okay, he watches YouTube <laughs> videos too, but he really loves his room and his headphones and his VR system and his games and everything like that. Um, so he decides, I, okay, I want to go to school because my bigger son was like, hey, you're going to grow up to be a fucking loser. Basically the same things I would think about my big son when he was doing that because those are the same kind of thoughts and feelings I was going through when my big son was an unschooling gamer. When he was smaller and he was unschooling gaming, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be this and that. And I just sat with those feelings because I knew I was wrong. I knew I was making it up, and I just let him have his freedom, right? He's the guy that's, like, all driven to do all this different this stuff. Him. Right. <laughs> Freaking hilarious. So, so he's worried about the younger one, though, because, because the younger one isn't exactly like he was. This is a different guy, right? He's got a different personality. Um, but my son, the, you know, my, my younger one is now 13. He's gone into the all-night gamer mode, just like my bigger one did. <laughs> so, like, it, like, he's eating dinner this morning at 4 in the morning. And then he's going to bed after that. Uh, so, this guy decides he wants to go to school. We're <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, okay, we get everything ready, um, get him into school, bring him to see a, an MD, which he's never seen ever in his life. An MD, so he goes to see an MD, gets that experience. Um, and then we're all ready, and he goes, I decided I don't want to go to school. I changed my mind. He had driven up there a couple days before 
because I thought it started with the rest of Hawaii, which was like the 3rd of August, and I guess his specific one started on the 5th. So he was there two days early. He gets out of the car, and someone goes, hey, it's not school yet for two more days. He gets back in the car. He gets a sense of the vibe that he's going into. He says he didn't like the vibe. And so he went back to, he had actually trained himself to go to bed by 10 so he could be up on time to go to school. There's no way he would go if he's eating dinner at four in the morning <laughs> to school. So we got all ready. We did all the things. I bought all these uniforms. I ended up donating the, like all the long sleeve shirts to school. That I, they won't take the short sleeve ones back because of COVID. So, <laughs> but I never picked up the long sleeve ones. So <laughs> all that and 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 you know. So so then he goes so so while, and while he was gearing up to going to school, he was getting ready for eighth grade because he would be going into eighth grade. And while he's gonna blow everything away on grammar and reading and all that stuff, just blow it right out of the park, he was behind in math for his grade. So he did this thing online, he did this thing called Khan Academy, um, and he just kept on learning math until he learned all this math. He was ready to go to school. Um, and so he also started learning comp computer programming on there, like JavaScript and HTML, and started making animations and stuff like that. So he realizes, that, well, for one thing, he enjoyed the animation class way more than the math class. And he's like, is this really necessary for me to learn any more math than what I fucking know now? This other stuff with all the letters and stuff. This doesn't, I mean, I can do it. It's a bunch of puzzles, but do I need to? <laughs> you know? so, yeah, it's a bunch, basically, I, I loved it in school because it was a bunch of puzzles. I like, I like puzzles. I like word puzzles even now. I like to play with word puzzles. Um, so... But but can I use that stuff? Not at all. I don't use it for anything. You know. So so he goes. He, he goes. Yeah. I, I'm just going to take a break. He got just the feeling of worldly pressure, which he's not used to. But he gets. He he's going to put it on himself anyways. He doesn't need his parents to do it to him. <laughs> so he's like this is feeling of worldly pressure. He needed a break from all learning everything. He's like I'm just going to chill out just a minute. <laughs> All right, dude, you take as long as you need. He's like, I might go, uh, I might have you, like, uh, let Haas know that I might want to go to their school, online school next year or something. I don't know, but right now I just need a break. Just that worldly pressure, uh, you know, and I don't know. I don't know how it's going to turn out. It's all an experiment. But what I see is that this worldly pressure, it's good that he's sensitive to it. It's good. I mean, all these things, that, you know, putting your kid in school when they're really young and making them go and tell them this is what we do and everything, it just trains people to avoid how they feel. You know, he's picking up on a vibe and going, this isn't my vibe. This isn't for me. At least like, not right now. That could change. But just having that freedom, you know, so it's like, it, it, it's like we demonstrate to our own mind that we're free. It's like, how can you just experiment with your child? You've never seen anyone do this before. It's like, well, that's not true. But uh, it, it, even, if it, even if I didn't have the perception that I knew people who had like successful experiences like that, um, when you get the calling for something, it's right. That's just the way it is. It's just right. I just say, you know what? It's right. Whatever it's doing, 
it's right and not in a defensive way not in a way that it's defensive but it's in a way that i won't accept a guilty thought about it i won't accept a guilty thought about it that you know and anything can change in any moment i mean at some point i started letting my kids eat cooked food again you know that's that fear of the food i realized it wasn't the food that's why you know that's that's one of the things i bring up uh, about um, it being an illusion is that food thing because you know we're so tied into this means this this means this cause and effect all this stuff you don't even have a choice in what you eat so you get the illusion that you're making up a, like a diet plan for yourself like this is what's good for me and this is what's bad for me and then you get the perception of yourself choosing foods which is not even possible it's not possible so it, it's like so there's this fear that makes a certain manifestation that'll be like, for instance, something goes against what you think, what you've been trained to believe. Maybe you've been trained to believe it because you saw the effects of it, the apparent effects of it first. It doesn't matter. All apparent effects are an illusion. If you saw that you get some reaction, one of my friend, friends says whenever she gets gluten in her system, it's so big, she has to go to the emergency room. Like it's such a big freaking deal. And, you know, my friend is really open, too. She's like, I know that it's an illusion. I know that my mind is making it up. Still, I don't find myself choosing to eat gluten. And it's like, yeah, it's like it's not like you have to um, tempt the ego, like, to say something like that. You don't have a choice. And from time to time, if you have that perception, you might find yourself accidentally, apparently accidentally, eating gluten get if you get a reaction to it um or you get the sense that you got a reaction to it because you don't really get a reaction to it you get a reaction to thinking so if you get the sense that you got a reaction to it you watch that because it's telling a lie and as you're feeling the effects of that lie in your body's energy field that's how it's getting worked out and the power is being returned to you all the power to make effects comes from the mind that's you that's why you have dominion over the world because it's your mind nothing in your mind can do anything to you so then i find myself um in the kitchen Feeling like I want to bake and cook and stuff like that. And my son comes in and he goes, Mom, thank you for being in the kitchen. I really like you being in the kitchen because I like being able to come in here and talk to you about things while you're cooking. And I was like, oh, me too. I'm so happy to be in the kitchen. And, you know, it's like the transformation to where I feel good in a kitchen came from just wound healing like I didn't try to make it so I would go to the, I didn't know I would ever like I was kind of like I don't cook I don't do that shit I'm not that kind of woman I don't do anything of that um, you know there was some wounding going on that needed to be undone and then once that's worked out then whatever it is it may or may not be cooking or whatever it's just creativity arises you know so there's not like this um Sense. I got the sense when I was a little girl that that's like demeaning to be, you know, I got this, like I was the one, um, I had the Cinderella story as a little girl. Like I was always doing all the cleaning and everything in the house. Like I had to clean everything before I could do anything and then watch kids and stuff like that. 
Um, so I have one of those kinds of stories and I was sure I was going to be a career woman and I was never going to do that kind of stuff. I was going to hire people. I had a woman working in my house 40 hours a week to keep it clean <laughs> and also cook for me and everything like that. Um, so, or, or uncook for me when I was doing raw stuff too. <laughs> right. And, and so, and so this, uh, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I enjoy this. What is the, or what, you know, what, what was holding me back was just like a sense of wounding that needed to be worked out. So that's why whatever it looks like, you guys, it could look really messy awakening. You, you don't have to try to make it look like a particular thing. And then I never care about what people think. I, I, I guess I could put it a different way. I kind of do care because when I get the perception of people thinking about me, something about me that doesn't feel good, I like to use that feeling. So it's a means. That feeling is a means to an end, which, which is healing. See? So what we get caught up with is using the, the form of the world as a means to ends in the world. And that's where we miss the purpose of everything. We just completely miss the purpose of everything. We start using it to make more form instead of healing what causes form to be made manifest in the first place. So you change what your purpose for the world is when you choose healing over projecting. So, so do you guys know what I mean when I say you choose healing over projecting? So it's, it's like in the scenario um, where the woman's telling me that I'm an abuser and I get a sense of really like repulsive, like of course thoughts are running, like how can she fucking blah, 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 blah. They're doing their thing. They're just like, I'm not worried about them. I'm sure they'll be fine. I don't need to go chasing thoughts around about it. But I feel what it's like to be accused of being an abuser. And I'm using that for healing our mind, for joining our mind together, which is healing too. Remember what the healing is. It's establishing in your mind that what you thought happened did not happen. What you think is happening isn't happening. You're misperceiving this. I know it's the most difficult thing you'll do and it's super rewarding and all you have to do to learn how to do it is be willing to observe yourself going through it to be willing to observe yourself going through it look how you're taken by the illusion and it convinces you that there actually is a person actually telling you that you're a fucking abuser yes I had that same experience with the same person. Oh, you know the person. That's fabulous. So if it's any any um, comfort, you know. She, if it's comfort, she accuses everybody of the same. Oh, and I know this. You know, I'm very, I'm, I'm very familiar. I'm very familiar with this. In fact, you know, during our one-hour conversation, I did share with her basically anyone because she asked me. She said, "I want to know what you think. What you think is going on here?" I go, "Basically, you got this habit." where anyone that you get close with becomes your abuser. You want to keep that habit is the question, you know, still, I know, believe me. I mean, you know, I've facilitated mediations and stuff like that. Um, so I know the situation and it's like immediately like you got to stop talking to those people who are talking shit on me. None of that stuff is true. 
And I said, I haven't heard from those people. I actually have my own experience. You know, I mean, this is what I see. Like, for your benefit, for your benefit, this is the habit that's playing out. As far as what I'm feeling in reaction to whatever you're saying, that's for me. You know, I, and, and I'm, I'm grateful for, and this is, you know, I've been writing about a difficult person and talking about, and even naming one of my talks, a difficult person, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I was like, I, I was like really stoked to have this experience. And I've also um, witnessed some of my friends going through it with some difficult people in the past couple weeks. It's totally been a theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was super grateful to feel that kind of energy. I, whatever I do, I know I'm doing for myself and all my friends because we're one person, really. And so whenever I, when, whenever I allow healing for myself, I know I'm also helping out all of my friends. So I'm happy to have that opportunity. I'm like, yes. Oh, uh, and then it's like, well, um, I'm going to need to speak with you again. And I was like, that's awesome. When would you like to speak again? <laughs> like, it's a bad thing that she wants to speak to me. I'm like, no, that's awesome. I'm freaking stoked about it. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, I'm really, I said, I, I was like, wow, I just know that you and I are meant to come together to bring up pain so it could be resolved. I mean, you guys, I don't get very many people bringing up pain so it can be resolved anymore, especially since my family stopped doing that. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> really, <laughs> I'm really happy about that. <laughs> and would you like me to go around and tell people in Puna about what a terrible person you are? And I said, you know, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't. I mean, I, I get like this fear of, oh my gosh, they're gonna, all the people are gonna find out that you are completely full of shit and they're all gonna be like, why did I ever fucking listen to you ever? And I was like, you know what? That's fucking awesome. Because that's exactly what I need. If I need, it, it, whatever, whatever it is that comes, that's exactly what I need. So I'm not in fear of anything. I'm not pushing anything away. I mean, that would be amazing. A whole, like, huge community, they're like, fucking hope, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of Kuna. You're the worst. I can just see it. Like, all the feelings that would come out would be amazing. You know, it's, like, not something that I'm, like, trying to push away. But that's the thing, like, I noticed, too, like, the more that I gain any kind of notoriety, apparent notoriety in the world, there's this sense, like, and I'm like, immediately, I'm like, bring it. Bring that on. Uh, and, you know, getting the perception. I can prove it. I can prove that you've done this stuff. I can prove it. I have emails from 2012 or something like that. And I was like, I don't. Do you want to see them? And I was like, no, I don't really mind. I believe you. I believe any evidence you say, like, that I abused you or anything like that. On an email, I believe you. <laughs> so it's interesting that you bring that up because um, you know she's cornered me several times in public places. And, uh huh. You know, uh, giving me an earful about this or that. Mm -hmm. um, and just recently, I've been wondering. Okay, well, next time that happens, 
well, how should I respond? Because there's no, there, there's no fruitful outcome of any of the, any discussion with her at all. It's, you know, I, I feel completely um, out of sync with the way she projects and the way she thinks. So it's right? not like we can have a meaningful conversation or have a meaningful result. But, but these I, did it for me. But you can communicate. I can still communicate and, and hold space for her to say whatever she wants to say, Very except cool. that I'm not going to agree. Well, the thing, is, the thing is, there's no her. So as soon as you see her walking up to you, or you think you see her walking up to you, right? You get a sense like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right? Uh, I know this energy, right? She's going to set come up and start talking to me. Get ready to be the space for a, a storm of feelings going mm -hmm. off in yourself, basically. All the words are going to come naturally. So she's just coming up and, you know, that's exactly what she needs. She just really needs you to be a space for all these, feel these feelings to play out. And you can't help it. You're going to be reacting anyways. So you might as well put your attention on the reactions, right? And not worry about what you're going to say. So look at it like this. Instead of perceiving her when she comes up as, okay, I need to get like some kind of outcome out of this. Like we need to get some understanding or something like that. Look at it as a means for healing through witnessing what's going on in your body perception. That's what gets you to the point where you can establish in your mind that what you think is happening isn't happening. That's really all it takes. Because when you establish that, then there's only love being extended. When you establish it in your own mind, your release is so great, there's only love being ex extended. So that's really the goal you share with her and the interest you share with her in any interaction. See? And welcome it. Because while you're observing, when you're observing how your reactions are, even what you say, everything like that, while you're observing it, your mind is learning how to be with this person in a way that's meaningful and productive beyond the form aspect of it. Okay? That stuff can take care of itself too, and it can play itself out too, and it does automatically. It can't help it. Yeah, it can't help it. It doesn't even have anything to do with you. So just being open to it, you know, like I, I've shared with my, with my peeps at the um, hooey that we're all in, you know, when that first occurred where they first saw the first uh, uh, instance of what was to come as far as, as far as communicating with this person, they were like, fuck, we made a mistake. Because she kind of like came in last, you know, we were all already set, set up. And then another person came in, it was like, oh, my God. Um, and, and then and they were like, oh, my God, we just really fucked up. And it's like, no, you guys, no matter what it looks like, it's a gift. We have to look at it as a gift. Anyone who's given to us, this person is given to us. And guess what? It doesn't look like they're moving. And guess what? It doesn't look like they're going to leave you guys alone. And it sure hasn't been the case. I mean, like, I was... I even went to the, the, the point of years ago uh, going, okay, I'm off of this thing. I'm not in, in this group anymore. Here's the responsibilities. Here's everything. I'm not in this group anymore. I'm doing this over here now. Still, it's like 
I want you to come over here and get over here and do, I don't care. I want you. Okay. Let's let at least, I don't, doesn't mean I have to do something. I don't feel obligated to do anything. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean there's anything that, that, uh, I can do physically to help this person. It's just not a thing. That's not a thing. If any kind of action comes out of me, apparent action comes out of me, that's only for healing the mind. Again, only for drawing circumstances and people together for healing the confused mind, the guilt in the mind. It's all it's for. Would so, you even say that it might even be the willingness for that healing? Yeah, definitely, because we're making it out of belief, right? right? So if we think that this person is just in the way, yeah. for instance, no way can we have healing. That's making them real. And resistant. To oh yeah, that's resistant, yes. As long as this person is here, I won't be able to, whatever it is, fill mm. in the blank. Mm. And the mind goes to that so fast. You know, I'm always watching it because I like it's so interested in it. I'm kind of like a, or what it reminds me of is like a, a study of like something scientific or something like that. So I'm always watching the different thoughts that arise. So I see all kinds of different things. Probably a bunch of people don't see, just watching my own consciousness, you know. And I'm like, uh, my dog's like making all this noise and he's like banging because he's like so excited and he's like, and, and it, I get this sense in a flash. Like he's irritating and all of a sudden my mind does a calculation for when he's going to be dead and I don't have to deal with that anymore. And I just like smile at that. I just go, that is fucking awesome. I see that. <laughs> and it's just like really fast. Like it's way faster than when I can say it and share it with you guys. But this is the kind of shit that's going on behind the scenes. Okay, you guys? I just like to like point that out. This is like it's going on. Like you miss it all the time. <laughs> like it's like behind the scenes. Like some just crazy insane shit just playing out. It all to do with death and, um, and you know, like whatever, uh, anything that annoys you or irritates you. You know, the ego just wants to kill it for you, you know. And ultimately kill you, and you know that's the end. <laughs> it is. I mean, the the mind is the mind is like a comedy show. Um, and I've said before, and I keep on sharing this. And who knows? Maybe I'm going to get an opportunity to practice this. It's not sure I will. I don't know. I'm not sure of anything. Um, <laughs> But death is a joke, you guys. It is. It's a joke. The, the, the bodies that we get a perception of, they're just, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not really meaningful. You know, we get, this, we get this perception that the person is gone when the body is gone or it's sad or they went at the wrong time or something like that. We have to start laughing at death. And part of that is sickness, too. Sickness is like a warm-up for death. It's like, here, your body's vulnerable. Look at this. You catch a virus, you know. Um, you, you know, the idea that your body is mortal and you're inside of that body needs to be reversed. There's no, um, there's no body inside of a body. There's no one in there. Okay. It's just a projection. And since we think that's our home, some of us think it's our home. Some of us think that's what, who we are is the body too. 
uh, or we think it's our home, think it's where we are, then we get protective of it. We get defensive about it. It's not our home. We're projecting it. It's completely like projected to outside of us, kind of like on a screen, but it's like super, like, I don't know what you would call it, the D, 11D or something, where it really seems like I'm inside of this thing. That's a feeling sense that makes you think you're inside of a body. So wow, how would it harm you if a body that's on a screen dies? See? Something in the story changed. When you get the perception of bodies dying around you, that's something in the story changing. Nobody can die. Yeah. And when your mind is completely purified, you can get the perception of raising them from the dead. How about that? That's the thing. No, no one, no, no body has ever died. We get the perception of that. They're not born either though. It's just the show. It's like there's the beginning of the show and then there's the end of the show of that particular body. But there's only one of us. So, you know, Wherever you could start, like, laugh at the concept of it. Don't resist it. That's why I like to share the, th the thought. The, the guilty, the murderous thought. There's a murderous thought going on, running around. And the thing is, we're afraid of it, and that's why we don't see it. We're afraid of it, so it's playing underneath the consciousness. When we actually see it and don't make a thing of it, it's nothing. It turns out, oh, where was it? It was just nothing. But, but you have to see it to realize that it's nothing, you know, because you're already like covering it up so you don't see it because you think it's something. And so the mind gets busy with things that it thinks it needs to think about. So you don't, so you, so you don't see the underlying murderous thought that's always coming up for yourself. It seems to get projected outward. It also, it'll also come up for yourself. It's kind of like, you know, it'll just occur to you. Well, I'll be dead in like this many years. Like, it'll just like be like, oh, thank goodness, that'll be a rest. Or <laughs> death is salvation to the ego. That's why, you know, death is salvation because like once, once you're dead and imaginary dead, then you don't have to deal with all this shit. <laughs> right? But the thing is, it keeps going. It's like as long as there's a guilty concept... You're not getting out of it by dying. You're just making a guilty perception and coming back again. So you can try it, try it again. And, you know, coming back really isn't the word. You know, that's like also, you know, we're seeing it as if it's this place. And it's not. There's no place. It's really you're just projecting a body again. And a body has its own world. Each body has its own world. Your body has some cool hearing. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I like to, I like to play with all the colorful illusions, plus especially the ones that you can wear. That yeah. is so fun. Yeah. yeah. So you get the sense that there's a body, but there is no body. So when you perceive a body dying, you can laugh at it. And if you feel like you can't laugh at it, just be whatever, whatever it is. Like if it's crying, if it's devastation, whatever it is. When you go through that feeling, knowing, asking, you know, it's hard to see in that moment where something seems like it's really upsetting. Knowing and asking and going through the feelings, 
that's how you learn. It gets, you, you end up learning that there is no separation and you will become immune to death. That really is the cure to, to death is being able to laugh at it. Like even when it's someone close to you, maybe it feels devastating. Being able to laugh at it is something that's almost like a learned thing through your observing what this thing is. At some point, it's like, that's just fucking funny. <laughs> Look at these things. They're messy. You cut them open, they get this red shit that stains everything all over the place. Stinky. It's funny. And it's beautiful. See, that's the thing. The, 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 when, when you're using the perception and the images in the perception for what they're meant to be used for, they shine and sparkle and they're absolutely beautiful. And it's not like you're going, you know, you're, you're like being dishonest about it. This is what it looks like. It's this thing. It's like, you know, cut that thing open and it's messy. <laughs> Uh, it's stinky. The thing, you know, it needs to be cared for all the time. And it's beautiful. All of the beauty that you can perceive in the world comes from you knowing who you are. So all of the world becomes beautiful. It could be the city. You know, it could be a gray city with a bunch of pollution. It's still going to sparkle to you because of the purpose that it has when you're using everything like that, nothing can go wrong. No one can come into your experience who is unwelcome. Our friend, it's like, yeah, come on over. You know, that's always how I am anyways. I'm like, hey. And then, you know, over the years, it's been, it, it's been kind of like, I'll be like, hey. And she'll be like, ah. <laughs> ah. And then, and then other times he's like, oh, it's exactly who I want to talk to. I want you to come uh, here and do this, you know. Um, it's all for that feeling so that you know that there's something that needs healing. That's the level to perceive everything on. And your willingness to perceive everything on that level is what moves your inner guide to help you. So your willingness to do it, you know what that takes? That takes being willing to think on it throughout the day, to think on the truth throughout the day, because you're, you're dealing with so many thoughts that are untrue, right? And, and everyone's telling you shit that's not true. Put on a mask, you're gonna infect someone. Right? Uh, I like the whole world is, is suffering this delusion that we can harm each other and um, and cause each other pain and different stuff like that. So just in being willing to see through that whole thing and be open, open space for any kind of emotions to take place, Basically, that's being open for your own unfolding of emotions in your body's energy field. You don't have to be afraid of those. They're not going to hurt you. And, and whatever relief you get for yourself, you can extend it outward. And that's really the purpose of all of this interacting. Okay? So whatever, whatever means you think a conversation or a situation or anything is, is to an end in the world, 
just make sure in your mind you put the priority to use those feeling reactions that come up as a means to awakening your mind and healing the sense of separation between you and you. There's no one else there. And they're all bringing you a gift and you and you can see that you're like, ah, thank goodness. So hooray everyone. Does anyone have any questions? You don't use the word spirit at all. Oh, yeah? Do you? <laughs> um, I am not opposed to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I'm just curious. Like, I, I, I had a perception that there was something that lived in the body that wasn't... It sounds more like you are suggesting that it's just mine. Oh, yeah. The, the, body is, the, the body is basically made of nothing. Okay, so it's not the house for anything. It's not there. It's a projection. So, you know, it seems to us, from what we can perceive with our body senses, that these bodies are real. They seem solid and real and like someone could actually be in them. But, you know, you, you know even if you, in the illusion, like I said, you cut it open, there's not, nothing's in there. You know, you, you, there's not, like, where is, it, where is the spirit living amongst the blood and bone and brain and you know it's kind of gnarly in there it's dark and everything it doesn't seem like really an awesome place for a spirit to hang out <laughs> but <laughs> you know <laughs> but but you know it, it doesn't it doesn't matter so much except for the fact that if you think you live inside of the body that's going to make you defensive about it that's all um so so everything that we can perceive in the world is projection so there's no way we could be inside of it if it's coming from us. The whole thing is projected from us, sort of like a movie projector. It doesn't even have any substance. It's not anything at all. So uh, I like to point that out a lot. And you know, as far as as far as the world, the word spirit, that's the same thing as your mind. Or you could say your mind is created in the likeness of the creator. That's your spirit. What you're experiencing as a, or I, I should say perceiving as a world here, that's a result of a projected mind. So it's still the spirit, but it's like the spirit split against itself because it followed an errant thought about itself. It didn't split against itself. It's like it split against itself. It's not possible for it to actually split against itself. So it's, <laughs> yeah, but, but because the mind is so powerful to make illusions that if you take a thought and make it real, it's real to you. It seems completely real to you. You need help to get out of that and to bridge the gap. We use what I'm calling forgiveness. If you don't like that word, you can have something else. Um, it's basically you're going, you're establishing that what I thought was real isn't real. I made it up. Okay, so that's like you're you're like uh, you're willing to see that. You're willing to forgive them or it what you made of it. I'm willing to forgive my friend who seems like she's harassing and bullying me for what I made of her. I taught her how to be like that. 
by the way I thought about myself. It doesn't matter if I never met her. I taught her how to be like that by the way I thought about myself. That's the only way it can be. Okay. Good question. Anyone else? Uh -oh. I don't have a question, but I just have an appreciation of something I distilled from your talk of um, the part of me when I have a, a disagreement with someone or a misunderstanding with someone, the part of me that gets attached to wanting to be understood Ooh, yeah. and how I feel that that creates safety and validation mm -hmm. and rightness mm -hmm. um, and just feeling that freedom in, I mean it sounds so simple, but like the freedom in, I don't need to be understood and yeah, I can just right. allow these feelings to move through me and not make myself wrong for that expression and to just be like, thank you. Like, thank you for the role that you played in my perception of my experience. Yay! Thank you for making me like that. <laughs> so, it seems so much simpler that way. I know. I know. And then, and, and then, you know, all, all gratitude, all gratitude to you. That's how it always is. It's like when you're expressing gratitude for me, of course, the gratitude is automatically received by you because you made it up like that. Um, so that's why whatever the perception is, even if it seems like a shitty perception, when you offer gratitude for it, automatically you receive the gratitude for it. And your gratitude is genuine when you realize that that misperception is a mean for healing, means for healing your mind only, not for anything else. Yeah. And then it just feels like peace and freedom. Yes. I feel like I'm just tapping into this feeling that like, my life can be way more peaceful and I can feel way more free. Yes. And more loving. Definitely. Oh yeah, when you're not going around with the burden like you need someone to understand you. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that. Like you you're not hungry. You're not going out there hungry. You're just chill out. You're full. You don't need anything from anyone. So now you're just celebrating with everyone. It's not like you're trying to network so you can get to the, you know, networking might occur and there's nothing wrong with it. But you keep the one purpose of everything in mind and let that take the highest priority in your mind and you'll never be confused or feel like, you know, you should I have done that? Oh. chasing around a bunch of thoughts. You'll never need to do that. That's the one purpose? Healing. Yeah. You can say, you know, there's different ways to say that. Forgiveness, choosing love over fear, choosing kindness over unkindness. You know, whatever way it helps, it's good to hear it in a whole bunch of different ways, I think, because that helps to sink in because it's not really um, definable by words, but it's like your inner teacher shows you and something just clicks and you just know okay, these things have a purpose. I'm missing the actual purpose that this is because I'm making my own purpose. Like you go on a job interview, for instance. The purpose of the job interview, you might think, is that you're going to do a good job and get the job. But the purpose of the job interview is actually healing. So you're using it for that. You can bet that all of your experiences are going to be fine. They're all going to come. You're going to get the job that is the best job for you. And, you know, that's how it always is. But you can actually 
get the perception of it when you're using everything as a means for healing and not as a means for getting what you want as your first priority. Same thing if you go to the grocery store, you think the purpose is to get your list fulfilled. It's not. Mm -hmm. So you might find yourself getting irritated if they don't have some shit that they, you think that they should have. Why the fuck don't they just get on restocking faster? That's one of the things. <laughs> just get that feeling. That's all you need. And then you can be like, ah, oh, thank goodness they didn't restock that shit that I thought I wanted. Because <laughs> now I got that feeling and I got that feeling off of it, right? And you feel genuinely gra grateful for that. That doesn't mean you're going to not get the, the stuff stocked. In fact, there's a better chance of it being stocked for the next times that you come because you weren't resisting it. <laughs> That's the thing. The ego <laughs> thinks that if you're not okay with something, that you should pursue these thoughts of not okayness to get what you want when it just leads to more not okayness. <laughs> See? I'm going to go leave a complaint over there. <laughs> right? Teach those guys a lesson fucking with me like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We good, everyone? We feel complete? Thank you. Yay. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for joining. So wonderful to share with you. And um, each one of you really contributes so much. I feel it. Thank you. Mahalo. Ahui ho. Ahui ho. Ahui ho. Ahui ho. Ahui ho. Ahui ho.